Hey, SoundCloud listeners, this is Ed Van Ness. And I'm John Shannon. You found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. You can catch us live every Saturday at 10 a.m. by downloading the Radio TFI app. Enjoy the show. Adios. See ya! You found the Taxi Stand Hour. Over. On Radio TFI. It is Saturday, November 23rd of 2019. You are listening to the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI from the Palatial Northern Command Center in Egan, Minnesota. I'm John Shannon. And out there in Never Never World in Queens, New York, Mr. Ed Van Ness. Good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens. How is everybody today? I hope we all had our nice fill of watching the uh, political process unfold in front of us this week. <sighs> you know what? I didn't watch. Other than the news accounts, I didn't watch a second of it, to tell you oh. the truth. Oh, your old Uncle Ed's got a rant. Oh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> he actually you has bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> he has notes. He has notes. Oh, oh my God. You must have done a lot of sitting around in your endeavor last week, I take it. Lots of driving. I could listen. Oh, you did do Yeah. Oh, but you said you had notes, so I was assuming you meant well, that. Uh... I, I mean, little stuff that I, I've been thinking about over the past couple of days. But uh, we're, we're, we're going to get, uh, we're not going to get deep into it, but uh, I've got a, an opinion or two I'd like to express regarding this. But first... But first, well, and we, there's other stuff here, too. So we're going to have a jam-packed show here, uh, and not to mention everybody's favorite segments of uh, Professor Shannon's Wayback Machine, as well as um, what's becoming my favorite segment here of late, John and Ed versus The Spread. But, so, yes, we got all that coming up. And, and that, uh, and this week, bonus games. Oh yes, it's it's a ploy. He thinks this is his way to jump back in the game. I I, I get it. So, hey, I, I can play along. Well, we're picking for thanks. We're picking the Thanksgiving games. We'll we'll be both be picking the same games. But mm. yes, yes, you're right. You've seen through my thinly veiled excuse for. Uh... <laughs> and <clears throat> excuse me. And by the way, seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight is the number if you would like to uh, join us in this little fray. Jeez, you know, I, I'm almost uh, like, where do I start with this? Because uh, thanks well, to my good buddy there, Mr. Red Van Ness, who just put out a, a random tweet talk, or it was on, actually it started with um, the fact that uh, uh, Sky Harbor Airport in uh, Phoenix is planning to eventually, uh, and I had to look at that for a, a minute or two. Right now, I think they're what they're, if they're not mistaken, they're charging uh, Uber drivers 
two point or excuse me, uh, two dollars and forty cents for every uh, ride uh, going out of um, going out of Sky Harbor Airport. And now this is for obviously for the TNCs. Uh, it's not that much different than what most uh, taxi, what most airports charge taxi drivers. There's some sort of a gate fee uh, for taxi drivers, and they and the drivers pass that on to the uh, customer. Here in the here in the Twin Cities, that gate fee for taxis is uh, four dollars per ride. And for uh, last I checked for Uber and uh, Lyft, it's uh, $3 per ride. So so Sky Harbor decided to raise the uh, raise or I should say the Phoenix City Council has decided to raise the uh, the rate eventually to five dollars. And now what's this is going to be done in increments as I understand, starting out uh, with four dollars. The, the one thing that I hadn't realized was that they were charging uh, the Uber and Lyft drivers $4 to pick up and $4 to drop. So, which I'm a little curious about that, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit uh, in the uh, latter part of this conversation. Uh, we got ourselves, we got ourselves involved here and this then this was Ed's original Ed made a comment on this tweet and, and uh or I it was by a council or no excuse me it's a guy that was running for uh city council that jumped all over this I guess so then I don't have the whole thread in front of me uh well I do it, you do well why don't you indulge us a little bit of some of the tweets from this this could I, be the tweet of the month <laughs> so so this uh, Sal DeSicchio uh, tweets, uh, breaking news, lift the pull out of Sky Harbor. And included with his tweet were uh, two pages from a letter from Lyft. And Lyft goes into the usual BS, blah, blah, blah. So I was, I was glancing through it, and I see a couple of our... Uh, Friends of the show here, Soul Cab and uh, Sartistic, Sarcastic Cabby, and of course Ride Safe World uh, got involved in this, so I was interested. And I and, and and you've it was getting into how I believe somebody was making the point that you're you're safer in an Uber car. To which I replied, "That's all I did. I made the tweeting sound." No. Here, here's what I, here's what I put out. I said, read the terms of service for Uber and Lyft. You'll be shocked at how unprotected you are. Clearly, you're either blind to the facts of TNCs or you are a shill. No matter, Ride Safe World has all the facts, and we know he does. He, on a daily, multiple times a day, he could he had. Oh, but, absolutely. But he had been refer he had been referred to already, and this is. This fellow was somebody in this thread at this point, which was very young and only had about a half a dozen tweets in it at this point. Uh, but it, I, it was already there. I said, and I was just referencing back to Ride Safe World. Just go back and see what mm -hmm. they have. It's got they've got everything. It's it's a good source for. Believe me, if you want to know what's going on, that's where to go at Ride Safe World. 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids and kittens, uh, if you follow us, if you listen to us, you really need to follow. Uh, just just before we get into this, at Ride Safe World, at Soul Cab, uh, these guys are on top of everything. Uh, oh, uh, Sack Dave, at Sack Dave. While we don't always agree, we uh, he makes believe me, he knows his stuff. Anyway, all of that's in the thread. You can find everybody in this thread. So now I went off on my merry little way and didn't bother with it again. You know, I was getting notifications that people were responding. And then, (laughs) well, then this thing took off. John got involved in it. And I'm going to throw it back to him at this point because as all I spent a full day before I turned off the notifications on my tablet. I use my tablet for GPS. I'm driving up in the mountains and snow and ice and all this, and I'm going, beep, 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 beep. It's, it's, it's interrupting my GPS, and I'm like, good God. And, it, and it's gone on. It went on till yesterday. It went on for like four days. Now, I turned it off on my tablet, but my phone is still going. Go, now, and I honestly, uh, I, I did not have a chance to read through the thread. I, I caught a few here and there. Uh, I have not participated back in it since, and John's going to talk about this. Uh, and what uh, Marissa Hamilton uh, got really involved. And Marissa, I hope if you're listening, I hope you will give us the opportunity, or at least John, give John the opportunity to speak to us. Uh, again, we will happily set up a, 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 a not live interview with you uh whatever you like at you know at a time that's convenient for all but again now i'm going to turn it on so that that's my part of it i want at this point i'm i'm not involved at all i'm not saying i don't agree disagree i'm just out of it at this point i don't know what's going Mm -hmm. on as i sit here and say these words i don't know how deep this got ladies and gentlemen kids and kittens professor john shannon oh well, it got deep, that's for sure, and it morphed. You know, this uh, originally began as a, you know, oh, too bad for too bad for Lyft. You know, boo hoo! They're having to pay a couple more bucks uh, to the uh, to the city of Phoenix uh, because um, uh, because let's face it, uh, this uh, airport needs money to operate. You know, and and what Uber and Lyft have done during their times when they were a lot cheaper than they, uh, than they are today is they've cost they've cost uh, revenue for, uh, the airport as far as, uh, parking. I mean, parking at the airport is a huge, uh, moneymaker. Well, Uber and Lyft have kind of, uh, uh, quashed that just because as popular as they are. And, I don't understand the draw to it, to be honest with you. I know the convenience factor, you know, blah, blah, blah. By the way, if, if, if you've ever looked at, an, uh, at the Uber app and they have those little cockroaches dancing all over the screen uh, saying where these available cars are, it's all a fantasy, folks. Those, uh, those, little, uh, those little cars floating around just lead you to believe that there's a car in your area. When the fact of the matter is, they are literally ghost cars. They're just—it's all it is—just a bunch of little bugs crawling on your screen. 
So, and, and, and I and I've talked about that before. There's one specific incident that I referred to, but uh, anyway, John, I'll let you continue. So, I got into it. You know, got into the fray with my wonderful, uh, uh, sarcastic. Um, you know, the way I am. I love sarcasm, by the way. It's it's probably one of my best qualities. But um, nonetheless, uh, I got engaged with uh, in conversation in particular with uh, this young lady, uh, Marissa Hamilton. Um, she's she's kind of an enigma to me. I'm, I'm not going to and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. Um, uh, in, and I'm not saying anything that she hasn't already said. Apparently, she's been a, a victim to uh, domestic violence, and um, she claims that uh, she claims that uh, a gun is what, in the end, wound up uh, protecting her and basically saving uh, saving her from this uh, domestic violence. I did not ask her to go into detail about that. Not that she would, even if I did ask, but. Um, she engaged uh, several people uh, about this, and it, what it wound up coming out to be is that uh, she is uh, all about less regulations, and it was one of the things uh, with Uber and Lyft that uh, we all know. It isn't so much anymore that they have less regulations. It's the fact that they have gone in there with piles of money to these uh, various uh, uh, local governments, you know, went in with piles of cash and said, "Let us write the regulations," and that's basically what they've done. Uh, maybe with the exception of a few cities, New York City, I think, might have been one of them. Yes, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. New York City has the most stringent regulations for TNC drivers. Uh, Houston, Texas, and Columbus, Ohio, also have have uh, restrictions. Uh, not as severe as New York, but much, much more than any place else. You need a, in Houston and, and Columbus. My understanding is you need you need a little bit more than a than a face and a car to get going. Not a whole lot more, but but mm -hmm. more. So let me. I, I've said this before on on the show, uh, but let me reiterate this real quick from personal experience now. Now, my company, which is Transportation Plus here in uh, the Twin Cities, back in the day they were known as uh, Airport Taxi, a uh, yellow cab town taxi uh, of uh, Minnesota. That's what that's what their official name was back in the day. Well, they've had to morph a lot of some of this actually started before Uber and Lyft got popular. Um, we came up with the uh, with the iHail app. Um, actually, uh, before, not before Uber and Lyft did, but they, uh, they came out with it, um, before Uber and Lyft got real popular in the Twin Cities. So, and a lot of it has, a lot of it has to do with marketing. You know, let's face it, when, when, when you're taking, uh, billions of dollars of Saudi money to, uh, uh, to be able to invest in your business, yeah, you're probably going to have, some success and so they they jumped out um and they it is what it is now as far as their popularity goes 
and the one thing that I have uh, that I have noticed personally is is that people don't really give a damn what goes on behind the curtains at these or you know at anything you know as long as you're uh, as long as your Big Mac is juicy and tastes somewhat like a real hamburger and it's fast and it's relatively cheap, people are going to consume it and they're going to consume it by the billions. You know, and this is probably the same thing that uh, has gone on with Uber and Lyft in this uh, short amount of time. Uh, they have, uh, they have exploded. It is, it is, there's no denying the popularity of it, but a lot of this popularity is based on the fact that they were able to market themselves. Uh, they were able to kind of brush their, uh, if, if you will, brush their kitty litter to the side a little bit. And so people didn't care. You know, people either didn't know or didn't care to know what goes on behind the scenes at that organization. Well, now it's starting to come to light. You know, city governments, and like I said in a tweet, uh, Uber and Lyft can't afford to pay these city officials anymore. So now all of a sudden they, well, guess what? Here come the regulations. And, um, and Uber and Lyft are all of a sudden, they, they're a little shocked, a little surprised that um, they can't write their own rules anymore. Or those rules that they wrote a while back are now being amended to something that's a little bit more feasible for all parties involved. And for Lyft to make this veiled threat that they're going to pull out of an airport, first off, I think it's hogwash. I don't think it's going to happen. I've also heard some, I also heard something um, in passing that apparently they're going to, they're going to redo this whole thing because uh, they said that something was done illegally in this uh, process. So it's still up in the air. The, what, what Lyft um, said was that they were going to pull out in January of 2020. Uh, so if they do, may, maybe uh, uh, my friend Marissa here said uh, that uh, you know Uber should pull out too. Well, maybe they should. Maybe it's finally city governments who have been regulating the taxi industry for, for the last... 35 36 years that I know of and I'm sure it's even gone gone back well longer than that uh 80 80 plus years really thank well, you ju just to interject here for a moment if you look at most cities uh 80 plus years goes back to about the 1940s so it's probably longer than that mm -hmm. the regulations began they weren't where they are now and let's just again, as a side note, kids and kittens, there's a reason for these regulations. What Uber and Lyft are doing is bringing us back to the very beginning. Now, again, I'm not involved in this particular thread anymore, so I'm going to let John continue, but I just wanted to hmm. drop that in. So most regulations have been around 75 years in some shape or form. They basically came into this market uh, not here, not just here in, in Minnesota, but everywhere, everywhere they came in. They basically came in as a high-tech gypsy cab service. That's all they were. There was there was no licensing, you know. And uh, When they first came in, when they first came in, they just said, well, hey, there's nothing wrong with this. 
we've uh, got John, you know, John Q. Public, who's willing to drive a bunch of strangers around. Um, you know, it started out kind of low key, but then it exploded. And the city governments did realize and have realized that now, hey, wait a minute. Um, when you're this popular, when this, you know, they're given, uh, God, I don't even know how many rides they give anymore on a yearly. It's got to be in the billions as far as uh, on a yearly basis. John, John I'm going to interject something else here, just as a reminder, which a lot of people seem to forget. At the very beginning, what helped fuel the fire for these services were low rates for the customers and high pay for mm -hmm. the drivers. That's what they did. They did the drug dealer business model. We yeah, give it to you for exactly. free or low cost. We get you hooked on it. And in the meantime, politicians who all they can see is votes and Broward County, but they were listening to people who weren't even, didn't even live in Broward County. But all they're hearing from people is, I'm making a lot of money. I'm saving a lot of money. What could be wrong? Continue, sir. Oh. And by the way, 754-800, chat 754-800-2428. Uh, I had spoke uh, uh, via Twitter last night to uh, Marissa. I asked her to come on to the sh uh, show. Um, she was kind of noncommittal about it, but she, uh, said she might, she has the number. She's, um, if she calls in, um, I will be willing to, to back this bus up, if you will, uh, wherever we are in the, uh, Wait, uh that's, that's not the same bus we're using to th throw all the Republicans under, are we? We, we might have... uh, it could be. I can't afford more than one bus here. So. We're, we're going to have to get a different bus because uh, what's what's his name at the uh, the ambassador? Oh, I have it here. Uh, Sunderland. He he just threw everybody under. There may not be room anymore. So, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a little while. <laughs> well, you know what they say about it. You know, you you roll, you throw them under the bus, you clean up the mess, and then you find a new lot to throw under there the bus. You. Moving on, we will stop the bus, <laughs> no matter what we're doing. We will stop. So, so but th this discussion that that uh, I carried on with her and others as well here through Twitter uh, uh, took and varied through the safety of. Um, of Uber and Lyft and uh, some of the other uh, some of the other things that um, uh, are um, what's the word I'm looking for here basically come with uh, what would come with more regulation and uh, and what have you and Marissa is a very a very uh, anti-regulatory if you will that's the one thing um, she says she's also speaks out for She's an advocate for uh, the for children, advocate uh, uh, against homelessness. So, and if I'm misspeaking here, if you call in, feel free to correct me there, uh, Marissa. If you call in, yeah, but isn't uh, e isn't everybody against homelessness, especially the homeless? Well, yeah, especially especially the homeless. Yes, I, I uh, mean it's one thing. It's one thing to be against something; it's something else to be actively to actually do something about it. Yeah, and I don't know that, Marissa. I don't know if you are or are not. 
again. I'm just the guy that lit the fuse and walked away. You do that well. I do, don't I? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I know what I was going to look for here real quick. Um, by the way, uh, Ride Safe World uh, gave me a little a tidbit here, and I want to pull it up real quick if I can. Now, I asked him yesterday to give me the numbers when it came to uh, uh, when it came to just uh, sexual uh, misconduct when it came to uh, Uber and Lyft drivers. This is just for this year uh, so far. And I realize this year is just about up. But um, there were uh, 42 incidents. And this is just here in, in the United States, by the way. And also just what's, 40- John, and also just what's reported. Yeah, that this is also very true. Um, and this is, uh, there are 42 Incidents now. Incidents could be anything from a uh, a uh, touch on, you know, just a, a, a uncomfortable moment when the driver just happens to reach and you know touch, reach over and touch someone, if you will, uh, or you know, right right down to uh, to eighteen uh, sexual assaults, actual sexual assaults, uh, and two of those actually involving minors. Don't even get Ed started on that one. Uh, and uh, apparently there were also, on uh, with Lyft, there were uh, inc- 43 incidents with 17 being uh, of the sexual assault nature. So, yeah, this is, look, when I can hear people say right now, I can, I can hear you buzzing out there, that, Oh, well, that's, you know, that's only uh, 85 uh, between them, only 35 sexual assaults. And look at how many rides that Uber gives out. Let me tell you something. One is too many. Let me get that to you again. One is too many. Now, what is, the thing is, is with, um, with the whole background check out and and I kind of got off on a tangent and let me get back on the rails with that when it comes to uh, background checks and whatnot Uh, to drive for transportation plus you have to have a uh, you have to go through fingerprint checks you have to go through a drug screen you have to submit yourself to random drug screens as long as you are uh, with this uh, with this company, and that's not necessarily the company's uh, rules. That is the rules that are put in place by the state of Minnesota uh, to do the type of transportation that we do. Not only taxi work, but also uh, contract uh, school tra- contract um, medical transportation and the like. This is mandated by the state of Minnesota. So what transportation plus, or excuse me, transportation plus is uh, doing it basically is telling these individual uh, individual cities, you know, screw you, you opened up the doors for Uber and Lyft to come in. Uh, you uh, failed to protect the industry 
after you collected all this money and whatnot and invoked all these regulations, it was the cities that could dictate uh, the rates that taxis uh, charged. Uh, so we just said, well, you know, and then you just let Uber, this gypsy, uh, this gypsy cab company, you know, okay, they've got a fancy app, high tech, uh, high tech gypsy cab. You let them come in and you, uh, oh, this is a brand new puppy. Well, this, uh, new puppy has, uh, crapped on the carpet one too many times and now people are seeing, but you know, as far as Minneapolis and St. Paul are concerned, we're taking our, our marching orders from the state of Minnesota now. So uh, you can all go to hell. Now, if you want to actually grow a set like uh, like uh, Phoenix has done, yeah, maybe we'll come back to the table. But um, until then, probably not. So I'm tapping out here for right now. Well, as far as... Uh... Sky Harbor Airport is just one now of what's become an increasing number of municipalities, cities, states. Uh, New Jersey threw that big fine at Uber last week. Uh, California is just... Say again? Uh, Excuse me, overemployment. Right, but it doesn't matter what the reason is. is that, And there's a lot of states... Again, all these municipalities are starting to stand up to these knuckleheads now, and and mainly I and I agree with John. I think because the money has stopped flowing, uh, they're not finding the brown paper sacks at, at bus stops anymore. Uh, by the way, I never used to believe in that kind of stuff it, until Uber started. I've said oh, before. You're right. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. As I sat through meeting after meeting after meeting and watch common sense get thrown right out the window. Uh, But it's all starting to come down now. We know that, uh, by the way, as a side note, Travis, Travis Decay now up to a billion and a half dollars in stock. He's dumped of Uber stock that he's dumped. Oh, that's great. He he dumped, uh, dumped more this week. So, and Dara the K actually bought some of that. I think like some six hundred million. Is um, as I saw in one story here. I don't think it, I don't think it was that much, but no, you're right. He did, and I think that's more of a PR show to go. Hey, look, I'm buying the stock too. Well, you're getting your money from the same place, so it's really for you. It's play money. It's monopoly money. It, it doesn't. Well, this, is, this is from Bloomberg. It says Uber. Uh, the stock prices. Uh, uh, raised after CEO. Uh, oh, I can, what is how does he does how does he pronounce his name? Curse. Uh, Car- I don't know. K. Dara the K. <laughs> Dara the K. Okay. Uh, he bought six point seven million shares. Right. Uh, by the way, Uber finished the week at twenty nine fifty six, up from last week, and Lyft finished the week at forty six forty six, also up from last week. Oh boy, here we go. Watch out, baby. Well, the Uber thing, again, that's that's Dara buying, I promise you, not a penny left in his bank account. That's all on paper. Because they want to make it look like, oh, look, hey, I've got confidence in the company. Yeah, you're also going to get a big fat payout at the end of this when you walk mm-hmm. away. He's, he, he's the kinder, gentler version of Travis the K. 
you know, he, he was supposed to guide them through the IPO and, and all that. And look, they keep putting out all this nonsense about it's just nonsense. So anyway, uh, do we get through the whole thread or is there more you want to discuss? Well, you know, here's the thing. I would like to discuss this, uh, this uh, thread through uh, with Marissa. Otherwise it was a lot of people just voicing their opinions and what have you. And, and it, went it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny that uh, uh, she started uh, she started muting people as they were starting to get kind of as of what I think was the upper hand in the conversation here. That they were just doing a little bit better job of of, of making their point, where she just kind of kept repeating the same, you know, regulation bad, uh, you know, argument. So I don't know. Listen, it, 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 like I said, if you're listening, uh, Marissa, uh, feel free to come on. Uh, we can still, uh, uh, if you want, we can still set something up here midweek if you want to just do an interview. Uh, I'm I'm flexible with whatever uh, you want to do, and, and that's fine. So uh, let me throw out just a couple. We got uh, just a little bit here. I want to. Uh, before I turn Ed loose here on his rant about impeachment, uh, uh, a couple of a uh, couple of things here that I saw. Oh, you know, and Uber is again such a shining option for uh, for people. Uh, apparently, there, according to NBC Los Angeles, there is video out there right now of an Uber driver. It says rideshare driver. I'm not sure if it's Uber or Lyft. Uh, throwing a passenger out onto the street. Oh, so man. now I, I don't know if the car, I don't know if the car was moving or well, well, let's, whatever. Throwing the passenger out onto the street. Great. What's the story behind it? Uh, well, let's see here. Let me read what I got. No, here. I mean, really, yeah. you just can't say that. Did he throw him out because the guy was on fire? I, I, I mean... I, I doubt it. Okay. Well, we don't know what happened. Okay. These okay. things do not happen in a vacuum. I Look, as much as I, I I want no part of Uber, their drivers, Lyft, or anything like that, you got to give a person a fair shake. I mean, there may actually be something to this. You know. Well, let me read the story here that uh, was provided by... Uh, I wish you would read these uh, things before NBC we get on the air. <laughs> you got to stop doing just headlines. I did. Well, I I did peruse through it. Unfortunately, I had other things going on, including cleaning up a bunch of glass out of my ice bucket this morning. So that sounds uh, like a personal issue. It was, but uh, none. You never you never scoop ice with a glass. Never. Every bartender will tell you that. that, that, Who did? I will. I will explain this. an hour two. A bit like oh, oh, yeah. off air. Oh, this is gonna be good. You folks are gonna be sorry no, you missed this. An hour yeah, I'll do it an hour or two. But okay. anyways, uh, yeah. a security camera captured the moment a rideshare driver pulled his passenger from his car Tuesday and threw her onto the ground on Melrose Avenue in Hollywood just before witnesses intervened. The attack happened on a bit on the busy street in the middle of the day. Drivers and other witnesses stopped as Alarissa Star Ward. Well, it's good. 
<laughs> we could have easily went Star Wars here. But anyway, she screamed for help. Security camera video shows Ward tumbling on the road, her belongings scattering on the pavement after she was pulled from the back seat by a Lyft driver. So, yeah, no, there was no fire in the back seat of the and, car. And, and what's the reason? Why did the driver yank her out? Okay, okay here we go. Ward's uh, grandma or godmother, rather, Melanie Budahuda Huvida, ordered the 25-year-old a ride home after uh, just afternoon on Tuesday, Ward said that she was playing music in the backseat when the driver threatened to throw her out if she didn't turn it off. So now there's your reason. All right. First off, this is why people shouldn't be ordering cars or there should be a system set up. You're picking up so-and-so. Two, mm -hmm. I'm sure this young lady had the music going, whether on her headphones or just playing. And... the. Actually, at that point, it doesn't matter how, to me, it doesn't matter how the driver, look, ma'am, you can't, could you turn the music down? It's distracting. And I'm sure she went whole, you know, well, I'm going to one star you. You can't tell me what to do. Look, I've been down that path. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards the driver on this one. Case well, closed. Case closed. Oh, I ain't going to close crap here. Uh, look, it's annoying. I have it happen all the time. I have. There is nothing. Listen. Oh, I thought we had a call coming in, but it is as just as soon as it we did. Uh, it hung up. Just yeah, we did have a call come. Okay. Come well, in, and so. anyway, what you're also forgetting is that. Uh, darn it. Okay. Time out here. Just a second. I just got a message. Uh, uh, I just got a message that's from Marissa saying she's calling in. Okay. And there you go. Here it comes. So let's go ahead and answer it here. You know this always happens. One second, please. Hi, is this Marissa? Yes, it is. Well, hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing just fine. Uh, uh, I am John Shannon. This is Ed Van Ness. Say hi there to Marissa. Hi, Marissa. Hi, everyone. Okay. <laughs> I only have a few minutes because I'm in a salon and I have hair dye on my hair. Ooh. <laughs> we don't if have that ever, problem. Yeah, we do not have that problem in the least bit. <laughs> you first have to have hair to be able to put dye on it. So I might try it with my beard one of these days, but... Uh, John, John, before we get any further, I just want to, just to, uh, Marissa, I, I'm the one that got us involved in this thread, but I only posted once. Other than that, I was just three days of having my notifications <laughs> go off. So I'm going to leave this to you too. Yeah. And it was quite the impressive, uh, thread and, and I, whether or not you and I will ever agree on these issues, I do want to compliment you ahead of time for, for staying with it sometimes after a while, uh, uh, in these whole things with with uh, Twitter, people get a little intimidated and they kind of, well, okay, to heck with this. You did stick with your guns, and I, I, I do, uh, I, I do. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Appreciate good, good it. Good on you. Yeah, good on you, as they say over <laughs> in uh, Australia there. So, 
do me a favor. Tell us just a little bit about yourself and your background, if you don't mind. Sure. So um, I have lived in Arizona since, well, since right after high school, um, but I spent the summers here. So growing up, um, my grandparents had lived here up in a tiny town called Chino Valley. So a lot of my um, political beliefs were kind of honed in, in Arizona, which is more of a cowboy state, um, especially yes. back then when I was younger. Um, I grew up in Connecticut, so I have a little bit of, I guess, both sides of ideology. Um, but then as I became an adult and started um, working, I started seeing how government kept interfering in a lot of areas that didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I didn't really get politically active, though, until um, my early 30s. Okay. And that was from when Obamacare started. Um, I worked in the food and industry, um, food transportation industry for a large, um, distributor. Mm -hmm. I had worked in the trucking industry before that. And I worked on the data integrity side with supplier information at the time. And I didn't understand why that had anything to do with Obamacare, but it did. And all my projects kept getting, um, eaten up by having to work on projects for that. And it was, um, driving me crazy because I wasn't mm -hmm. able to serve my customers. So at that point, um, that's when I got politically active, and eventually um, I ran for uh, U.S. Senate as a writing candidate for the Libertarian Party in 2016. In 2017, I ran for governor. Um, in 28, early in 2018, I quit the race early because the Libertarian Party decided to take a stance on allowing age, uh, um, age of consent laws to be abolished so age adults could have sex with kids. They mm. admonished that kids could consent to sex. That was obviously against my platform, um, which is about protecting children and um, from violence. And so I became a Liberty Republican at that point, and I'm on the board of the um, Republican Liberty Caucus. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm not going to mention my background. Uh, I'm not going to mention a whole lot about uh, anything. I'm going to say here basically is what you've talked about and, and tweeted about. Uh, you said you were a victim yourself of domestic abuse and that guns were uh, having a gun was something that wound up actually saving you. Am I right there? Yeah. So I, I literally, uh, my ex-husband didn't use um, guns against me. He, um, he was had mental health issues and uh, that would throw him into fits of violence. And Ooh. so I tried really hard to help him, get the help that he needed but he just didn't want it at the time and it became too dangerous at some point for me to stay with him mm. um but frequently um more frequently than i would like um at least a few times a year he still tries to contact me mm. and so i and i do a lot of public events um as a liberty republican that means that there's a lot of things on both sides of the aisle that i'm working on so I'm working on criminal justice, for example. I'm working on fixing our mental health system. Mm -hmm. I'm working on education. Um, and I'm also working on making sure that I have access to um, my Second Amendment because I don't know when he's going to show up and I don't know what state of mind he's going to be in. Um, mm -hmm. But if I do not have access to, um, to a gun, then my life is literally at risk. Okay. Well, I, and, and the thing is, is I I, uh, I think you're right in that as long as you're a uh, 
you know, you're a licensed gun carrier. Um, I think that that's, you know, that's your right. Um, uh, Ed and I have a little different view on guns, but that's We don't I, have I, licenses in Arizona. Oh, you don't? Oh, oh well, nope. there you go. But that's within the, the framework of the law, though. It's it's late, it's lawful for you to carry a gun according to uh, Arizona law. Um, I, I want to get to the whole thing because this is the show is called the Taxi Stand Hour, so the the whole thing is uh, uh, of uh, ride shares as opposed to uh, uh, taxis is probably the our biggest format, although we do get involved in other things. But the thing that uh, that where you and I got into this a little bit was the whole uh, uh, thing with Uber and with Sky with Sky Harbor or Lyft actually Lyft leaving uh, Sky Harbor Airport, and um, so now you got you got your information on this from uh, who was it that uh, gentleman that's running for uh, city council there in uh, in Phoenix. Um, Sam Stone isn't running for city councilor. He's the chief of staff to council. Oh, the chief. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, you see, helps if you actually read sometimes. <laughs> Ed tries to tell me that all the time. Uh, but okay, so uh, you're saying that uh, that this is is unfair. Uh, is this uh, this uh, tax that uh, that uh, the is going to be imposed? This is going to include uh, both uh, incoming and outgoing uh, uh, passengers to Sky Harbor. Is this correct? Yeah, that's correct. So today, currently, there's only an outgoing tax. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's a dollar sixty six or two dollars and sixty six cents, something like that, mm-hmm. um, for pickup. Okay, and they're talking there's about no um, incoming tax. And uh, I, I will agree with you on one part. I think that the uh, the incoming tax is is a little extensive. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I every airport that I've ever uh, heard of, or and I've worked in several cities other than the Twin Cities. Every airport has some sort of a fee, a, a gate fee, if you will, for uh, whether it's taxis or whatever form of transportation, even shuttles and that. There's a, a bit of a gate fee that's uh, that's passed on. Now I I'm not sure what uh, what possessed the city to go from uh, uh, I think it was two uh, two dollars and something if I if I read it correct. Yeah, I think it's two sixty six. And what made them eventually shoot? Uh, they said that uh, they're going to uh, what is it in twenty by twenty twenty two they want to make it five dollars each way. A five dollars round trip is what they're proposing. Five dollars um, round, and trip. I can tell you the background as to why. Um, I'm very involved in our city politics um, okay. for quite a while now. So the city of Phoenix has a pension crisis, um, huge pension crisis. They don't have the ability to pay their bills. They don't have enough money to pay for the roads, and they voted to extend the light rail, and they don't have enough money for that either. Mm-hmm. So they're in a huge budget crisis. Um, our roads, 80% of our roads are um, under normal standard of a stand, a low standard of 70%. So literally our infrastructure is crumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had some voter initiatives to balance the budget, save the pensions, and the mayor and most of the city council stood against it. Now, so, would you – okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
so now they've thrown out a series of tax increases. They just increased our water tax by 12%. They're increasing our trash tax by 23%. And so the Uber and Lyft $5 round trip fee is just another tax. They're, they're just trying to find places to tax all, everywhere. Well, now I'm a little confused by what they mean by round trip. So it's going to be $5 total. So in and in and out, um, which yeah. I, what I don't understand is it just, is it a foregone conclusion that a, a, a Uber driver will, or Uber Lyft driver will stay at the airport and wait for a ride to come back? Is that the assumption or what they're going the by? The assumption is that, uh, no, their assumption is that if someone goes to the airport, eventually they're going to come back from the airport via rideshare too. Okay. Uh, so, but this makes this would be the most expensive gate fee in the nation. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I first off, I, I don't, uh, I don't agree with the whole idea of charging it uh, uh, for incoming. Um, uh, to be honest with you, I think that. Um, uh, that for one thing, it's going to be too hard to keep track of. And and the whole idea of doing it on a round trip is going to be nearly impossible to keep track of. Now that's just my opinion. Do I, uh, do I agree that there, there should be some, and maybe uh, I, there should be some fairness in this. Like I, I, I said earlier here in the twin cities, uh, drivers have to pass along a, uh, a $4 gate fee for cab drivers where, Uber and Lyft drivers only, uh, and I don't know where this kind. I don't. The drivers are not so much involved in this. This is something that uh, I'm assuming that the ride shares uh, pass on to the customers. Uh, yes. So it's just a line item on the fee. Okay. So while I do agree that anybody, it should be an equi- equitable situation. If you're charging your cabs four dollars to. Uh, uh, take a ride out of the airport. Well, then you should be charging uh, rideshare drivers four dollars to come out of the airport. Uh, do you understand what I'm where I'm uh, coming with uh, coming from with that? Yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that. I and and I look at it a little bit differently. I don't look at rideshare drivers as professional drivers, whereas taxi cab drivers are. However, I do believe that taxation is best, and so I don't think that. Um, I don't think you should be unfairly um, burdening either side with a tax because eventually the consumer pays for it. And so to me, $4 is outrageous, whether it's a cab or a, or um, ride share. Mm-hmm. And ultimately to say it's not going to get passed on to the consumer, I think is fairly naive. So oh, of course it's it something, will be. Yeah. And so I think that, um, and I mean, the premise is, is that they're thinking, well, the people that, fly are, are middle class, so they're not people that are, that they're people that can afford to pay extra taxes, either middle class or, or upper class. And um, and I just think that's wrong. The middle class has been burdened with a lot of taxes, and we now pay a chunk of, of the tax burden, and these are not able to manage their budgets properly, and they're just trying to find all these little taxes to nickel and dime, and they add up eventually. Now, uh, let me let me ask you this. Do you think uh, I, I feel this is the case in, in the Twin Cities here, but do you think that uh, other means of accessing the airport uh, have been affected by the presence of Uber and Lyft? Uh, I, and I think I 
speak specifically about uh, like parking parking fees. Um, uh, and if you've ever driven to an airport, you know that uh, parking fees, well, I think they're outrageous to begin with, but uh, they are what they are. If you're going to bring your own car to the airport, you know, you're going to pay for it. But um, what I think has happened is, is that as more people are taking the ride shares uh, into the airport, they are taking away from that revenue that the uh, that the airport was expecting for their parking. Uh, yes, that there is that is a factor. But in Phoenix, to be fair, they spent a lot of money on trains to stop people from coming here and parking. Hmm. So, but that also took away money from from rideshare and taxis. Right. So all government interference tinkers with industry. Yeah. Right. And so. From my perspective, I'm an, I'm an individual liberty person, and I believe in economic freedom. So when government is infringing on someone's ability to have economic freedom, someone's ability to make money, that's immoral. And so government went and said in Phoenix, hey, we're going to build a SkyTrain. It's going to cost millions of dollars. We know we're going to intentionally do it so that people stop using either rideshare, taxis, or parking here. Yeah, knowing that it's going to cut their revenue sources. And you, uh, you got something you wanted to uh, interject yeah. here? Yeah. As far as the government tinkering goes, let's go back a step further uh, and also realize that not just Phoenix, but all across the country and all across the world, they uh, they tinkered with with the taxi industry by allowing companies like yeah. Uber and Lyft to flood the market. And uh, the way I like to describe what happened is that uh, the taxi industry, uh, by the way, I was in the cab industry for 34 years. Uh, we all had a small slice of the pie, not a big slice, but a small slice, but enough to keep everybody uh, from starving. People bought homes, put their kids through, through college, etc. When Uber and Lyft showed up, the slices didn't get smaller. The pie was just crushed. It was smashed. So all that was left was crumbs. And governments did that. And I, we firmly believe, knowing full well the, the devastating effect it was going to have. So with your trains, you're talking about just step two of the process. So now, now, they've got, now the taxi cab drivers have been affected not only by Uber and Lyft, but now by the trains as well. So anyway, I, ju I just wanted to put that out there. That's where, yeah, so that's where I'm going to disagree. It's not government's job to protect you from competition. You're right. And so but, but I will say this. But if protect individual liberty. So an Uber and Lyft driver, they own, they, if they own their own vehicles or they have access to a vehicle, they have the right to access the economy just like you do. The All right, Marissa. No, Marissa. restrictions on taxis so that you can't compete. And that's well, what's immoral. What the taxi industry has looked for ever since Uber reared its ugly head. No one has ever said, get rid of them. We've all said the same thing. We need to play by the same rules. Now, that either meant knocking out all the taxi regulations or bringing Uber and Lyft up to the same standards as the taxi cabs. New York City is the only city that's done that thus far. I mean, if you open up a restaurant uh, and you're following all the health code regulations, you don't want the restaurant that opens next door and sells the same thing you do for uh, 20% for 20% of what you charge 
because they don't have they're not dealing with the health department they're not paying insurance they're not they're not doing all the things that you do out of their home are they making it out of their home or are they doing it as as a what does it matter it doesn't matter doesn't what what does it matter it doesn't matter no let me let me ask you this marissa you have example it, it it does matter in phoenix for example we have people that want to feed the homeless and the city of Phoenix said, okay, if you want to feed the homeless, you have to have the same restrictions as the professional nonprofits that feed the homeless. So everyone needs to have a professional kitchen in order to feed the homeless. All That's right, well, ludicrous. Let me ask you this, though. You have the you, right you, no. as an individual. So if you want to cook from your own home and the consumer wants to buy food that was made in your own home, that's between the consumer and the person making the food. All that right, Marissa, Marissa, but when you say what, what's the difference, the difference is I'm only eating one meal at a time. So whether or not you're doing it full time or just that one meal, okay, I, that's just the one meal I'm eating. I look at it from the perspective of, and I owned a fleet of cabs. I own my own cab company. By the way, I'm one of the, one of the victims of, the, of this. I literally lost everything I had in my life, literally everything. Uh, but when I look at, I look at it this way. What if I, 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 my fire extinguisher theory, I need things in place for when things go wrong. When things are going well, eh, piece of cake, everybody's happy. But what about when things go wrong? Now, that person that's cooking out of their home, what are they going to do when I walk into their house, plunk down $10, they'd feed me and I get sick. Who's responsible then? That's a risk that the consumer makes, knowing that it's not being made in a professional kitchen. Okay. I'll tap out. That's a risk that the consumer has a right to make. Well, I think that you got to realize, and uh, I think that the regulations, I'm not going to disagree. I think that some uh, regulations are uh, a little bit overboard, uh, not only – not only in the transportation industry, but in other industries, I agree that there's some of them are a little overboard. You mentioned the whole feeding the uh, uh, feeding the homeless. Uh, I think that is kind of silly that uh, you have to go through that whole uh, process. Uh, for one thing, the homeless person isn't paying for that meal for not a cons- not a consumer. Ed, do you add something else? The, oh, okay. the thing is, is that. I the best way to lift people out of poverty is capitalism and people that are in poverty that want to be able to be lifted out of lifted out of their poverty they don't have they're not going to be able to meet that high burden and so that high burden of all those regulations keeps them out of the marketplace and that's what keeps them in poverty mm-hmm. so as we lower these barriers to things that are reasonable um, which consumers are the ones that determine what's reasonable and what's not Okay. Then that allows more people to access the marketplace economically that lifts them out of poverty. And okay. so what's happened Marissa? is that the government put too high of a burden on the taxi industry to begin with. Marissa, I gotta and I gotta stop you. Immediately eliminated. I, I gotta stop you here. We are going to the top of our hour break. So uh, I appreciate your calling. Uh, I'd like to talk to you again. Uh, so uh, we will uh, chat again. Thank you, Marissa. You have a good one. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, see you in a minute. (laughs) 
TFI. You found the taxi stand hour. The worst talk radio I've ever heard in my life. On Radio TFI. Now, what do you intend to do about Miss Mona and the chicken ranch? Now, Miss Mona, I don't know her. Though I've heard the name, oh, yes. But, of course, I have no close contact. So what she's doing, I can only guess. And now, Miss Mona, she's a blemish on the face of that good town. I am taking 
Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us here on this uh, Saturday, November 23rd of 2019, the year of our Lord, by the way. <laughs> oh, from uh, Egan, Minnesota, I'm John Shannon, and from the palatial uh, executive tower of Radio TFI there in Queens, New York, Mr. Ed Van Ness. Once again, good morning. Howdy! Oh, wow. Is your voice okay after that? <laughs> Just thought I'd change it up a little bit. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, kids and kittens, that was uh, the wonderfully talented Charles Durning from the movie version of The Best Little Horror House in Texas doing the uh, sidestep. He played the governor of Texas, and uh, I feel it was quite appropriate for what we'll be discussing here in the next few minutes. <laughs> By the way, is it a horror, is it a horror house or a uh, or a uh, Asian uh, tug joint? No, let's Inquiring not. Inquiring want to know. Before we go <laughs> any further, I want to apologize to Marissa, who was on with us in the last hour. I inadvertently started the break music too soon. I didn't mean to play it over her, so I apologize. You were fantastic. We do hope to have you on again real soon. Yeah, you had some, you were just, we, we enjoyed it immensely. John? Well, she's a, she's a very, uh, she knows her stuff. And like I was telling Ed off, off uh, air, uh, whether I agree with somebody or not, I like uh, when the person that we're talking to knows their stuff. And uh, uh, she definitely knows her stuff. It isn't like it's just some uh, wacko out of left field type uh like us, uh, theory. Yeah, there you go. Like us, there you go. Exactly. So, all right. Well, uh, we're going to have to put uh, uh, the Wayback Machine and uh, uh, John and Ed versus the Spread back a little bit on the back burner because oh, they're Ed coming. Has, they're coming. Uh, yeah, I know they're coming. Don't don't worry. They are going to oh. be here. Oh yeah, I know. But, I know. So, uh, but meanwhile, uh, there, we've, we've had another little event going on here that, uh, people, uh, uh, people are paying attention to as a little, a little something I think it's called in a, an impeachment process. Uh, am I, I thought am it was I a mistaken pe- on that? I thought it was a peach cobbler. It, oh, and I love peach cobbler. I thought it was a week long competition. Ah, nah. But, so. Yeah, it is the impeachment, yes. 
So, living under a rock, there there you go. So we're going to zip through this a little faster than we had intended. But So this past week, I wasn't able to be in touch with a lot of things, but I was able to listen to the impeachment hearings. Uh, driving around the mountains, listening over the internet, you lose some here and there. So I didn't get to quite listen to all of them, all the testimony, but... I got a lot, and I, I got a, a gist. I got the gist of it. Excuse me, I'm eating a chocolate donut, and it's just wrong. So essentially, I put I put all the players that I, I'm going to talk about very quickly into three three distinct categories. There's the stars of the hearing. There's the eh, the meh, and then there's the knuckleheads. And it, it should all be pretty well self-evident. In no particular order. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. This man showed up in uniform. Was a first-hand witness to the call. And this man who came here to this country when he was three, three and a half years old. He sat there and just told the truth despite what Republicans were throwing at him. And by the way, to all the GOP, you should all be ashamed of yourself for trying to smear this man. The man's got a purple heart. He's, he's, he's been wounded in action. He was just he did what he was supposed to do. He heard something that he didn't think sat right. He reported it up the chain of command and then went back to work. He didn't go out and do anything else. He just went back to work. So... So, Colonel Vinman, uh, my goodness, we, we, can't, we can't thank you enough, not only for your service, but for providing the information that you did. Uh, Dr. Fiona Hill, who, uh, if you got to listen to her at all, she has a, she's no nonsense. She's from England originally, and she just laid them out. They weren't going to get anywhere with, with, with her, excuse me, as far as their usual games. Uh, Good for you. And with that particular accent, just once I wanted to hear the hear her say the word naughty. Just that word coming from an English accent is just so interesting. David Holmes, who testified the same day as Dr. Hill on Thursday. Uh, he was the fellow that overheard the call from Ambassador Sunderland's phone with the Cheeto in charge. And uh, again, every time that it got to the point by Thursday where, where the Republicans' representatives, they couldn't argue the facts anymore. All they could do was try to smear the, the witnesses and uh, just nitpick, nitpick, nitpick. Uh, so he gets a big, they all get, they, they all get the big clap. I think they all did a fantastic job. Two of them are immigrants to this country. Dr. Hill chose to move here when she was an adult. She chose to be an American. And uh, she's the longest-serving person in Trump's administration. Two and a half years she's been there. What does that tell you? Moving on. Let's go to the people who are like, eh. Adam Schiff. Eh. Kept things under control. Uh, I'm more neutral about him because... He, he knew what he had going in, and he just kind of, 
he, he kept the proceedings going despite the hysteronics of the uh, Republicans. And believe me, it was a lot. Uh, you had the two investigators, Castor and Goldman, and they they pretty much stayed down the line. They didn't get too too far off course. They asked the questions that they needed to, and they each had uh, they had they went in forty five minute chunks. So uh, they they got into some very interesting areas, and a lot came out. A lot came out. And again, let's go back to the all the witnesses, for the most part, threw everybody under the bus. And uh, uh, my neutral, my big neutral is Sunderland. This is the guy that paid a million bucks to to Trump's inauguration campaign. Uh, he got himself an ambassadorship. He's testified twice before he did the other day. And apparently his counsel or somebody got to him. Oh, by the way, he recanted. He added stuff. Somebody must have gotten to him and said, you know what? You better lay it out the truth now. You can't. Uh, they'll eat you alive. And that's exactly what he did. He literally threw everybody under the bus. Name them. Trump, Pence, uh, Nick Mulvaney, uh, John Bolton. Go down the list. He threw them all. Pompeo. All of them. All of them got thrown under the bus by this guy. Why doesn't he get a big ta-da from me? Because it took him the third time around to finally come clean. He finally did but not before he realized, uh-oh, and don't think for a second the fact that Roger Stone got convicted last Friday didn't put him in the state of mind of, eh, maybe I ought to tell the truth. And, you know, let's see. Uh, Stone, What did Stone get convicted for? Oh, lying to Congress. Yeah. They don't take that. They don't take that well. Now, let's let's go to the uh, the annoying, the negatives. We got to start with Rudy, because <laughs> Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani has gone for, is about to go from America's mayor to America's bitch, because when that old wrinkled ass gets into prison, and he's going to prison, you mark my words, everybody threw him under the bus. Every oh Rudy did this, Rudy did that. Oh sure, Rudy claimed this, Rudy um, and plus plus Rudy goes on TV. And basically gives it up every time. Sure, we did it. Sure, we were investigating the Bidens. So, Rudy, I'll send you a cake with uh, nothing in it. Kurt Volker, Tim Morrison, these two guys tried tried to slip and slide around. They're there under subpoena. But by the way, remember, a lot of people were not there to testify because the White House had said. You can't go. You need to ignore the subpoena. Who ignores a congressional subpoena? Well, the people I'm talking about here didn't, but uh, that's why Pompeo's not there. Bolton, although Bolton is now thinking about it. Apparently, the White House had had his Twitter account shut down. It's now back active again, and uh, he's got some things he's he, he wants to tell, apparently. Uh, originally, he was going to make them go to court to make them testify. That may not happen now because uh, I think he realizes they don't need him anymore. So he just may come in just to lighten his own personal load. And then there's our boy from Ohio, Jim Jordan. This guy, I want to punch in the throat so bad I can taste it. 
He was put on this committee for the sole purpose of ripping these witnesses apart. He just, again, I don't know why, I don't know what Trump has on these people. That they can't just do their job. But he's in there nitpicking and, and making accusations. There was one point with, uh, I believe it was David Holmes. His time had expired. His five minutes, uh, uh, Jordan's uh, five minutes had expired. And Schiff made it clear. The witness can keep ants, keep going with him. He doesn't have a time limit. He talks, he finishes his answer. Jordan kept interfering, interfering, interfering. And it just, it just made me hate this man more and more because in the end, nothing's going to come of it. And then, of course, to finish up, there is Devin Nunes, who is the biggest knucklehead to come down the pike in quite some time. At every Ed, session. I got to add. Go I got to, I got to stop you here real quick unfortunately ladies and gentlemen we are experiencing technical difficulties please stand by we will return to our regularly scheduled program momentarily please stay tuned we expect to resume normal broadcasting shortly. Be sure to stay tuned for Jeopardy! Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We will return to our regularly scheduled program momentarily. Please stay tuned. We expect to resume normal broadcasting shortly. Be sure to stay tuned for Jeopardy! It's, by the way, I'll... Uh, oh, there he is again. Hello. Can you hear me? There we are. Hello. What happened to that now all of a sudden? I don't know. And can I finish? Yeah. Can I throw something in there real quick before you do about Bolton? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. His, uh, by the way, uh, it was first um, Seth or thought that uh, the White House uh, released Bolton's uh, Twitter account so he can go back to what he was doing. Apparently, it was according did. to Bolton. Yeah. Twitter did it. Twitter so. did it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, now can I all finish? Right. Go right ahead there, my friend. So, Devin Nunes. With each session, there was an opening and closing statement by both the 
Schiff, and the uh, uh, he's the head of the committee, the chairman for the committee, and by Devin Nunes, who is the ranking ranking member. Every one of these statements was basically Russia hoax, DNS server, Hillary, Obama, blah blah blah. blah had nothing because they're at the point now they can't. The facts are the facts. They can no longer argue the facts. And all they have left is to just spin. Just spin their wheels. And it is a shame. It is an absolute shame that this is what our government is at now. It's all about party and nothing about country. Now, when this thing gets to the Senate, if Trump doesn't resign before... Now, Mitch McConnell knows right now... He doesn't have enough votes to not let this go to trial, so it's gonna go. It's gonna go to the Senate, and uh, that's where the real fun's gonna start. But hopefully, Trump will resign before that. Well, I'm not holding holding my breath. That man has way too big of an ego. No, you're to, right. Uh, he isn't gonna resign. He'll he will go out kicking and screaming, and and I still stay uh, still think to this day that uh, when he is, not if, when he is elected out in 2020, uh, he's going to find some reason to try to be able to to stay. He'll, he'll find something. Yep. And uh, I'm not looking, I'm not looking forward to these next couple of years, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. Trump has just enough minions out there that... Uh, right take their news and sound and sound bites or take their news from Fox News and Sean oh, by, Hannity and, by the way even Fox News is going against the president on a lot of this so yeah that's that's sure. how bad it's getting all right so let's uh we squeeze that one out John are you ready <laughs> we definitely squeezed it out here uh, use your own uh, image on that one <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting installment of Professor Shannon's Wayback Machine, a look ahead to what's happened in the past. Here's your host, Professor John Shannon. All right. I'm sorry, I forgot we had the guitar solo in there too. My bad. Okay, so let's get right going here because we do have a few uh, uh, things of note here from the last. This now is a, I always forget the tagline, but basically it, we are looking ahead into the future. No. Okay. A look ahead into the past. 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 I'm trying to drill it in there. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Yeah, no kidding, right? Okay, so let's go uh, real quick here if we can. Um, Starting three years. Excuse me? I hate you. It's too early for you to hate me. We haven't started the picks yet. Write it down. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) All right. Three years ago on 25 November of 2016. I know it doesn't seem like all that long ago, but... uh, Seems like three years ago seems like three years ago that's right uh fidel castro uh passed on 
Viva Fidel! Eh, not so much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, nine years ago, uh, on 28 November 2010, Leslie, Leslie Nielsen uh, from many movies, including the uh, uh, what, Police Squad. Was it Police Squad? or Police Squad. A police squad and he other. Was also, he was also air, in an airplane. airplane. Don't airplane. call me. Sh- don't call me Shirley. Yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, Twelve years ago, thirty November of two thousand seven, uh, Evil Knievel had passed on. I'm sorry about all these deaths here to start out with, but I, I guess he couldn't make not? that jump. Mm, no, you're right. Uh, Fourteen years ago. Uh, November 24th of 2005 uh, we lost uh, Pat Morita uh, Arnold <laughs> also, also the and the Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi Mr. Miyagi, yes uh, let's see, moving on here oh, we got an event 16 years ago on 26th November of 2003 the Concorde supersonic plane makes its uh, final flight over Bristol, England. You know, that's it was the first time that the uh, airline industry, not the airline, uh, aviation industry, actually stopped progress. We, we net, the most advanced plane that we ever made is not flying. Just a little... Yeah. No, it's, it is it is kind of sad. I remember I remember reading that at the time. I wonder if it was too expensive. I wonder what the reasoning was behind. Oh, there that. was a there was a two crashes. Oh, did I never knew that? that oh there, yeah, there were two crashes. There was one crash and another big problem. But oh, okay. All right. Unfortunately, back to the death list here. Uh, we've been talking about game shows the last couple of. Uh, of weeks uh, 28 it should be 20 years ago on November, 29 November 1999 we lost Gene Rayburn mm. dumb, dumb Dora we, was so dumb she started how dumb was she she started her own radio uh, station <laughs> that's right <laughs> running on the internet I think it's something like Radio TFI. Or something, like that. Yeah. Dumb something Dora, like fa- that. Founder and uh, and patron. There you go. Uh, last death here for a while, I think. Um, Ralph Bellamy. Uh, we were talking about trading places last week. Yes, Ralph, yes, Ralph we were. Bellamy, one of the one of the Dukes, and I'm sure I can't name any of his other movies, but uh, oh God, he goes back. To the 40s. Yeah. Well, he was born in 1904, so obviously he did go back a little ways. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, okay. I don't know why I decided to throw this in here, but uh, 31 years ago, on 29 November of 1988, uh, Russell Wilson was born. <sighs> Let's not talk about people okay. I have clothing older than. Oh, Okay. Uh, oh, one more death, unfortunately. 31 years ago on 27 November of 1988, uh, John Carradine. Hmm. Grasshopper. Along with no. other uh, roles. No, no, no. That was, Ke- that was Keith Carradine. 
What did John Carradine play? In? John Carradine was the father. Oh, well, thank you. I shouldn't have even included that then. It's okay. Why the hell would he be in here? All right. Uh, 37 years be? ago. Oh, I don't know. It just wasn't as obviously because I was going to use it for the whole Kung Fu reference. But no, oh, well, you fell you... flat on my face on that one. Pretty much. Uh, moving on. 37 years ago. On 30 November of 1982, Michael Jackson's sixth solo studio album, Thriller, is released worldwide, ultimately becoming the best-selling record album in history. Cool. Uh, this one is just kind of special to me. I don't, uh, I don't expect it to mean a whole lot to you there, but 39 years ago, on 29 November of 1980, we wish... Uh, Minnesota Gophers head coach PJ Fleck a happy birthday row the boat baby uh, uh let's see 41 years ago on 27 November uh San Francisco city mayor George Moscone and openly gay supervisor Harvey Milk are assassinated by former yeah. former supervisor Dan White what do you nan about? I said, yeah. I mean, that was a sad time. Oh, I thought you said nah. <laughs> I was gonna say no. okay. Did you did you ever see that uh, movie? No. With Sean Penn. No. Pre pretty good, actually. All right. Going on now to forty-seven years ago, where Atari released Pong, the first commercially successful video game. Okay. okay. I, I remember that. That was all the rage. Oh, yeah. It started out... Uh, it didn't start out in, like, Atari or whatever in the actual game console. It was uh, it was one of the first uh, video games that you saw in a bar. Put a quarter and, in. It was an arcade game, yeah. Yeah, arcade game, yeah. Uh, let's see. 48 years ago on 24 November of 71... Uh, during a severe thunderstorm over Washington State, a hijacker calling himself Dan Cooper, ah. uh, a.k.a. D.B. Cooper, a.k.a. D.B. D.B. That's not all, folks. Parachutes. <laughs> uh, parachutes from a Northwest Orient airline plane <laughs> uh, with over $200,000 in ransom money. He has never been found. I'm sorry. I'm Are you sorry. laughing at me? Are yes, you laughing? Are yes, you I... laughing at me? Yes, I am. Oh, payback's a bitch is all and, I can Oh, say. I know, I know. But it might be time to get those jaws reoiled. I get them recal right. Get them recalibrated. Hold on, Hold on here. <laughs> all right. I think we're better now. All right. Uh, I think uh, 54 years ago on 25 uh, November of 1965, uh, Chris Carter. No, the, Minnesota uh, Vikings. Yeah, Minnesota Vikings. Exactly. Actually, did he not play? He played for Philadelphia, too, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know. I remember him with the Vikings. Yeah. There's some history there with him that uh, I don't remember, but... Uh, Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, 55 years ago, 
on 29 November of 1964, Don Cheadle was hmm. born. Okay. Try not to oh. sound too impressed. I, I'm, I did it before he did. So what? <laughs> uh, I was right out, of, right out of the shoot, man. It's mm. not like you got to do much. Uh, okay, let's see here. Fifty-six years ago, and this is—I find this kind of ironic here. Uh, President John Kennedy is buried at. Uh, National Cemetery in Arlington across the point. Okay, we know where National Cemetery is. But anyways, uh, John Kennedy was born on that day, as was Lee Harvey Oswald. Wild um, coincidence. Let's not... We could do months on just the coincidences involved yeah, in the Kennedy you, assassination. You're right. And, and, and I'm not... Also, go ahead. So I'm not even deep into that just what i've read just general knowledge mm-hmm. you know okay 56 years ago on uh, 24 november 1963 uh, lee rv oswald was killed by jack ruby yeah he was uh, 57 years ago bo knew bo jackson was born who knew who knew yeah, exactly. Bo, oh, no. uh, Bo obviously did. Yeah, exactly. The, by the way, uh, by the way, the best advertising bit that came out of that whole Bo knew. Uh huh. Bo don't know Diddley with Bo Diddley. Yeah, I remember that. That was cool. For those who don't know, Bo Jackson became uh, well known as one of the first, uh, uh, af- or one of the first athletes, if you will, to excel at both uh, football and baseball. Did it before prime time. Yep, he sure did. Okay, moving on. 57 years ago, uh, John Stewart, a comedian, actor, and television host, was born. 60 years ago, Judd Nelson uh, was born on 28 November of 1959. I'm older than him, too? Jesus. Yeah, uh, 64 years ago on 29 November 1955, Howie Mandel came into this world. Well, now, now we're talking people that are really old. See, exactly. Uh, and Howie Mandel does not look that old. Well, he also shaves his head, so. Well, that could have something to do. All the curly hair, all that curly hair he had when he was younger. Gone. All be great. Well, gone. it's gone, but it would have been great. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, 64 years ago. He, hold it. He's only 64? Yeah. Oh, my God. He looks to be in his 80s. <laughs> no, it's not a knock, but every time I see him, I think, geez, this man's got to be 75, 80 years old. Oh, my goodness. He's he's the same age as Howie Mandel. They were born practically the same day. Or it was yeah, the same day. Different crossroads as far as... Uh, Wow. Looking their age, if you will. Wow, um, I, I guess those Canadian jeans are much better. I guess. Uh, let's see here. Where do we go from here? Oh, uh, 66 years ago, Steve Bannon. We all know who he is by now. Uh, 27 November 1953. Moving I know on. Why the, why the hell did you include him, right? Well, he's a person of note. 
He's a person yeah. of note. You got yeah. Exactly. Okay, now going back to 70 years ago, 29 November of 1949, Gary Shandling, ca uh, comedian and actor and actually screenwriter. Did you? Uh, he actually left us in 2016. Right. Did you ever see the Larry Sanders show? Uh, I bits and pieces. He had two shows uh, on on Showtime. I think it was Showtime. Uh, yeah. First, there, first it was it's Gary Shandling show. Then he did the Larry Sanders show, and they mm. were both fantastic. Larry Sanders show was hilarious, based on a, you know a talk show format. Anyway. Seventy-five years ago, Ben Stein came into this world. Win Ben Stein's money. That's right. What? What is? What? For nineteen forty-four, by the way. What is Ben Stein also known for? Well, he is an ultra conservative, for one thing. How about this? Bueller. Oh, Bueller. Yeah. Bueller. Right. Yeah. I forgot about those dudes. Uh, let's see. Seventy-nine right. years ago, Joe Gibbs, football player and coach, and race car uh, aficionado. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Twenty-five November of nineteen forty. Uh, Eighty years ago, I, this is hard to believe. Eighty years ago, on twenty-sixth November of nineteen thirty-nine, Tina Turner was born. By the way, do you know why Tina Turner was put on this earth? Why is that? To show other women how to dance in in six inch heels. Ooh, and yes, she could do that. That's yeah, for sure. Okay. Unfortunately, we got a couple more deaths to re report on here. Uh, Eighty-five years ago, on twenty-seven November of nineteen thirty-four, Babyface Nelson. <laughs> Now, why do you find that humorous? Just, just a, a gangster. Ah, you'll never take me alive, you dirty screws. Ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, they did. Just, just, or maybe just, they did. Maybe they did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Okay, eighty-six years ago, uh, on uh, twenty-six November, nineteen thirty-three. I wish I could pass this man on a happy birthday, but he left us in two thousand seven. Robert Goulet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought that would I thought that would touch more of a nerve. Yeah, I you know Goulet. I remember growing up, he was on all the variety shows and whatnot, and uh, I, I just I don't know. I liked him when he did sketches. I wasn't a big fan of his singing, and uh, I know he was a good singer. Moving. I, I, I was always blasé about him. Uh, what can I say? Okay, 89 years ago, on 30 November 1930, uh, G. Gordon Liddy was born, and still alive, by the way. <laughs> and not for lack of trying. Yeah, no kidding, right? Okay, 90 years ago, 30 November 1929, uh, Dick Clark uh, uh, was born. I, I, I could... Oh. Uh, I, I don't make fun of him. Oh, I wasn't planning on it. Don't make fun of him. I, I, the, I the, the first year he came back, I was so cringe, uh, embarrassed for him. Not really embarrassed, but he was trying. He was trying. 
he messed up the countdown that first New Year's Eve back, and I, I, I just, anyway. Yeah. All right. 95 years ago on 27 November of 1924, the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is held. Do you know what they used to do with the balloons? Uh, blow them up by by uh, with breath with your own no. breath. <laughs> no, they they used to release them into the air. Oh no! And when they landed, there was a card or a plaque or something attached to it, and it said, "You know, call Macy's." And you got like a uh, hundred dollars shopping spree or something for for finding oh, that's a balloon. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. They stopped doing that. Huh? We should do that. Yeah. Release a balloon. Whoever finds this uh, gets to listen to the taxi stand hour on radio. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go to the beach and throw some messages in bottles. Hey, did did you hear? On a side note, did you hear that actually somebody found one of those? No. And they become pen pals. Yeah. That's, How nice. That's happened. Isn't that? Boy, you're cynical today. Jesus I am. Christ. Oh, moving on. 102 years ago, on 26 November of uh, 1917, the National Hockey League is formed with the Montreal Canadiens, Montreal Wanderers, Ottawa Senators, Quebec Bulldogs, and uh, Toronto... Arena, what the arenas? Ar yep, the Toronto Arenas. Okay. Anyways, those were the first teams of the NHL back 102 years ago. Or as it's as they say in uh, in Montreal, Ligue de National Hockey. It's the LNH. It really is. Oh, go to the N go to the NHL website. Click on En Français, and you'll see the logo says LNH. Yeah. <sighs> Leave it to the Canucks. It's no, no, uh, anyway. no slam on, no slam on Christine, but leave it to the Canucks. It's hockey, eh? Yeah, exactly. He put the biscuit in the basket. Oh. Uh, now that you mention it, I think that uh, the uh, CFL does basically the same thing. As memory serves, be that as it And looking at me with yeah, looking at me, and so what. My. <laughs> All right, 104 years ago, Albert Einstein presents the field equations of general relativity to the Prussian. Is that how you pronounce it? Prussian. The Prussian, yeah, Academy of Sciences. By the way, you know what also started 104 years ago? Hmm. This what? bit. This bit started 104 years ago. Well, you'll be happy. You'll be happy to know that. Last but not least, uh, one hundred and five years ago, twenty-five November of nineteen fourteen, Joe DiMaggio was born. Well, that's very interesting. Because, and I'll and, tell you why. Uh, Hold on. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because my grandmother, who was married to my grandfather, Joe Maggio. Not quite Joe DiMaggio, better mm -hmm. man. My grandmother, whose whose birthday we always celebrated on Thanksgiving. She was born sometime in here. To this day, I don't know her exact birthday. Mm. Nana's been Nana's been gone for a long time, but but wherever you are, Nan, I hope you got that Parliament light hanging hanging out of your fingers, and uh, and we miss you. We miss you terribly. Oh. 
And so oh. uh, it does bring up, this also brings up one question that was asked famously by uh, Paul Simon. Uh, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Into the ground. Yeah, the answer, he passed away in 1999. By the way, I have, before you play this week's uh, number one hit from long uh -huh. ago, I have not one but two surprises for you. Are you ready? I'm always ready. Everybody was Uh, maybe some other time we'll play the whole song. That's Carl Douglas Jr. That was a little surprise for you. I got one more for you. Uh, things we've mentioned because we're running out of time. And uh, this one's for you also. Thank you. I'll, I'll, let me give you a little uh, my, my thought on that real quick on that song. Please. How much of a wrestling geek I was? No. Uh, back when uh, back when WWE, but then known as WWF, uh, came into uh, prominence, if you will, came mainstream. Uh, the lead-in was uh, Hulk Hogan walking through the uh, uh, bowels of the arena, getting ready to come to the. Uh, getting ready to come to the ring and that was the background music for that so every well, the, time i heard that song well the opening sting is just so iconic yeah but anyway uh play a little bit of the top song because we're running out of time and we got to get mm -hmm. to the points well this actually wasn't a top song but it is a way back, and I actually love this song. This is probably one of my top ten favorite songs of all time. So let me give you about uh, two minutes here of... How about Satchel. a minute? How about a minute? How about I, uh, I'll, I'll kill it when I come back. But okay. anyways, uh, Louis Armstrong here again in one of my favorite songs of all time. Trees are green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. And I think to myself, 
what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? That's got to be one of my top 10 personally. We should do that one of these weeks just for the hell of it. When there's nothing big going on, we should both just have our list of our top five songs. That works. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Speaking of fun. It's time for John and Ed versus the spread. Your weekly foray into the exciting world of pigskin prognostication each week john hmm. the champion each week john from ball shannon and i will each choose three professional football games and select winners using the point spread at the end of the season the winner will claim possession of the radio tfi gilchrist ceremonial sippy cup each of us will be able to swap out one game each week for any reason, as long as it is done before the live show ends. Ladies and gentlemen, kids and kittens, it's John and Ed versus the spread. We're, uh, we're cutting it close on time this week, kids and kittens. So we're going to get right into it. Last week, last week, personally, I was 9-5 and five for the week. It gives me an overall record of 92-78 and 78 with a winning percentage of 541. Last week, uh, John and I each went two and one, and my plan to go like he did only half worked. Uh, killed me with the uh, killed me with the Dolphins pick. But anyway, so this week, what we're doing, we're also gonna uh, we're gonna pick the Thanksgiving games for this week, and we're both gonna pick the same games because there's only three games. But in uh, in my half deluded attempt to try to catch up. But let's start with this week. John, who's your first pick? Well, my first pick here, ladies and gentlemen, I think is an obvious one. Oh, good uh, Lord. New England is, uh, is ho- or excuse me, is hosting the uh, them Cowboys, where the Patriots are a seven-point favorite. I think it'll be a much higher score than that, to be honest with you. I, I think New England is the real deal this year, unfortunately, even though I haven't picked them much. I haven't picked I haven't picked New England at all one way or another, now that you mention it. Uh, 
Anyways, they're seven-point favorites. I'm going to take the Patriots giving away seven points. All right. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, kids and kittens, John is in a bit of a quandary this week because who's got a bye week? Both the Vikings and the Kansas City Chiefs. So he has to actually pick real games this week. Have to work for a living. Right. You got to work for. You got to earn your money. Uh, the Carolina Panthers visit the New Orleans Saints. I'm taking the Saints, giving up seven points. John. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We I made we made a big mistake here. How so? Well, um, we're going with the Thanksgiving games first. No, no. Right now we're doing this week's first. Oh, oh you're right. You're right. Excuse Dallas me. and New England. Go ahead. Okay, so you're doing uh, Carolina. New you're Orleans. Picking, you're picking New Orleans, huh? Yes. And what is the spread on that again? Seven. Seven? And you're taking yes. New Orleans. All right. Yes. Sorry about Thank- that. I'm trying, I'm trying to play along at home here. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, I, I and by the way, this is our show, our time. If we go over by a couple minutes, so freaking be it. Yeah, just come on. Okay. Uh, Buffalo is hosting uh, Denver, where the Bills are a five-point favorite. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the Bills, giving away five points. Uh, Okay, coincidentally, that was my second pick. Was uh, Buffalo over Denver, giving up five points. And I'm going to stay with that for the moment. Go ahead, what's your third pick? Third pick... Now, this is where you insert this I hate you. Okay, I got it. Uh, I got it. <laughs> You're taking the Dolphins, uh, getting 12 and a half points with Cleveland, right? You are spot on, my Yeah, brother. how about that? How about that? What do you know? Uh, okay, now we're going to get into the Thanksgiving games. So, Chicago. What about, vi- what about oh, your other two picks? Oh, oh my, other, my other pick is uh, Pittsburgh visits Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati's a seven-point home dog. Cincinnati getting seven points at home. Now we okay. move in. Now we move into the Thanksgiving Day games. That's only two picks from you, sir. I took Denver Buffalo just like you did. Oh, oh, oh! I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One of us has got to show for rehearsal. Yeah, well, rehearsal should be more than ten minutes before the show. And... Moving on. Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. Sh- you want to sh- start this time? Hang on, no, no, I'm gonna start this time. Chicago visits Detroit. Chicago, uh, Detroit is a two and a half point favorite at home. I'm taking the uh, what do you call them? The uh, Flying Lions, the uh, Motor City Kitties. Those are the ones. John, Chicago, Detroit. Chicago getting two and a half points. I'm gonna take Dub Bears. Dub Bears. Giving Buffalo. Buffalo getting seven points in Dallas. Uh, your boy here is taking Buffalo, getting them seven points. I will take the Cowboys, giving oh, away seven points. Giving away some. And finally, New Orleans visits Atlanta. Uh, New Orleans, the Saints are five-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm taking the Saints. John? So am I. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me, one second. I'm, I'm having a mild coughing fit here. Got a hairball. With yes, I got a hairball. With that, we are going to uh, no, not them, no, not them, them. 
we're going to make a change. Okay, then. We're making a change. We're getting rid of the Denver-Buffalo game. And we are instead taking Oakland, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites, at the New York Jets. So to recount for this week's games, John is taking New England at home, giving up seven points to Dallas. Buffalo, minus five points at home against Denver. And, of course, my Dolphins in Cleveland getting 12-and-a-half points. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Uh, for this can week, I, I'm... Can I change that real quick? Sure. What would you like to change? Actually, you know what? I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the uh, the Brownies. I'm changing my mind on that one. I'm gonna take the Browns. Oh, I hate you! I now. hate you because I would have taken my Dolphins anyway. All right, so I'm taking Carol uh, New Orleans versus Carolina. New Orleans giving up seven points at home. Oakland get giving up three and a half points in New Jersey against the Jets. Cincinnati at home getting seven points against Pittsburgh. Going into the Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, Chicago, Detroit. I'm taking Detroit. John is taking uh, Chicago. Chicago's a two and a half point underdog. Buffalo, Dallas. Uh, I'm taking Buffalo at Dallas, getting seven points. John is taking Dallas, giving up seven points at home. Finally, New Orleans, Atlanta. We are both taking the Saints, visiting Atlanta, and giving up five and a half points. Ladies and gentlemen, kids and kittens, that concludes John and Ed versus the spread for this week. And Blah, 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 blah. You're an idiot if you gamble using what we said. There you go. And we got it. How about that? How about that? Holy smokes. I got time for about 30 seconds here. You've got about 30 seconds. Okay. Let's reach in here to the pocket one more time because I had a, uh, I had a special, uh, if you will, uh, tire heading here. Under the war on boobs. Uh, part Oops. due, if you will. Uh, anyways, quickly chew yep. on this. A yep. uh, Utah stepmom was topless in front of her step uh, in front of her stepkids inside the home, now facing charges, which could include making her register under the sexual predators or whatever that is called. So chew on that for a little bit. I'd actually like to come back to that next week. So. Well, how about, if you, how about this? You make a note of it. You read the note. Maybe. And, and then maybe we'll get to it. Look at that. And we had time to spare. We had a couple seconds to spare. One, two. <sighs> We're getting close. There. You ready? So close. I can feel it. Oh, there, there it is. From St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm John Shannon. Audio. See ya!